Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Money Bear Podcast. This is your host, Chloe Daniels, better known as Bear Money Coach on the internet. I have gotten so good at saying that. Like, it's so quick and easy. For those who are watching the video, you can see Cash running around in the background. Logan's got a Kong today. We ordered her a new Kong. We, as in me and my animals, we ordered her a Kong. And she's got the, like, peanut butter filling in it, too. So she's having the time of her life. And Cash is just like, Cash is trying to attack her tail while she's doing that. So they're just the cutest little buds. I love it so much. Every once in a while, Cash does get her tail and Logan acts like she's been stabbed. (laughs) She's a little dramatic. So anyway, today we're going to talk a little bit about bonds and whether that's something that you need in your portfolio right now. I feel like we talk a lot about the stock market, but we often leave bonds out of the conversation, especially because, you know, I'm 32. A lot of the people who are listening are within 10 years of my age as well, whether that's 22 all the way up to 42 or even up to the 50s. And so a lot of the times when we're in our 30s or we're in our 20s, we really don't need a lot of bonds inside of our portfolio if we're talking about a portfolio that's going to be geared towards retirement. So, you know, we've kind of left it out of the conversation for the bunny bear. So we're going to spend, you know, 10, 15 minutes discussing bonds and whether or not that's something you want to consider for your portfolio, especially with interest rates going up. A lot of people are pretty excited about that topic. So we'll get to that. But first, a little life update. So life update. I just got back from a date. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was the most casual date I think I've ever been on because this guy and I have been talking back and forth on Hinge and I'm just like trying to get my feet wet again. I'm not like really that interested in dating right now, but I was chatting with him and he was like, you want to grab coffee sometime? And I was like, sure. That's not particularly specific. And I gave him my number and then he started texting me. He's a terrible texter, not at all interesting via text. And I was like, listen, do you just want to like grab food right now? Like, have you had lunch? Or do you have lunch plans? Let's go grab food. So we went and we grabbed a slice of pizza. It was an hour long. I think lunch dates might be my new favorite. They're not like sexy by any stretch of the imagination, but I was able to get like the vibe of this person. And he's lovely. He's like a a totally attractive and nice person. I don't think I'll be dating him, but it was still like a nice get my feet wet. And like, it was like $8, <laughs> the whole thing. The date was $8 and I did not pay. So, so yeah, I, it was fun. I mean, I might hang out with him again, but I don't know. I don't think I'm really open romantically right now, considering Tarek and I just broke up last month. It's been about a month since we've been broken up and you know, it just doesn't feel like a huge priority to me right now. In other words, or in other, not in other words, that's not what I was trying to say. Is that the only update I have? I was going to say something else about life and love, but that might be my only update. Oh, I was just going to say that dating in San Diego seems weird so far. A lot of the guys, and I'm swiping for men and women, but I'm mostly matching with men. A lot of the men who have asked me out on dates, they asked me to go for a walk or they asked me to do something free. And like, I've had a couple of guys who've like invited me over to their house and I'm like, what? No, I'm not doing that. I'm 32 years old. I'm trying to not get murdered. And I've also had like most of the men who have asked me out. It's like they all want to go for walks and I'll be like, well, let's grab some food or something because like, you know, meet in a public place. But I guess like the beaches here are pretty populated. So it's not like 
they're asking me to go on this like remote beach somewhere, but it's still, it's kind of a weird adjustment in Chicago. I don't think I ever just went on a walk for a date. Which like, it's fine. But in my mind, I'm kind of looking at the first date as not even a date. I'm looking at it as like, do I even want to go out on a date with this person? So it's kind of like just a meetup. And then we see if we vibe enough to then pursue a date, which so far, no dice. Granted, I'm not really dating right now. So yeah, I guess that's my life update. That's not particularly exciting. But I mean, beyond that, everything's going really well. I got my California license plate today, which is... I was not expecting it to make me as emotional as it did, but it made me feel so emotional because like, I... I've had dreams of living in California my whole life, I feel like, and only now have I been able to make it a reality. And I just, I never thought I was going to be able to do that. And to literally get those California plates, it feels like such a big deal. So I'm really excited about that. Currently, only one is on my car because I cannot get my Illinois plates off of my car's backside. The ones on the back of the car, they're like fucking stuck. And I even bought, I bought like a Phillips screwdriver and everything to yank this shit off and it's not working. And I was cussing up a storm and sweating a hell of a lot, which was funny because this was all right before my date. And I don't want, I don't know what possessed me to be like, Hey, do you want to go get food? I think it's just because I didn't want to work today. It's so nice out. And I was like, you know, we're finishing up the launch for the Lazy Wealth Planner, which by the way, we have just recently launched our new Lazy Wealth Planner, which is super exciting because it is a planner that's going to essentially tell you what your very first financial step is. You get to see all your finances in one place. You get to start tracking your net worth and your progress for your emergency fund and things like that. It's a tool I've been using for a really long time with my one-on-one clients, as well as with my investors inside of the Lazy Investors course. And I'm super excited to bring it to the public because it's been a really helpful tool for everybody inside of the community, but we wanted to make it available to everybody else too, if there's something that they're interested in. So if you do decide to go with the Lazy Wealth Planner, you can grab it at lazywealthplanner.com. Again, that's lazywealthplanner.com if you want to check it out. And the Lazy Wealth Planner too, it's pretty cool because you can also like when you download it, you also get like a mini course with it where I'll give you a video for each tab to go through. It's only, it's three videos, but the whole thing, it takes you about less than an hour to get it up and running. But the bonus videos walk you through how to use the wealth planner. And then we also gave you some bonus videos on like, depending on what your situation is, how to use the wealth planner. So we do three different personality types and I walk you through What do you do if you're like the person who's a business owner and you're like, I don't understand how the rules apply to me? Or what do you do if you're trying to save for a home, invest and pay off debt? Like, How do you prioritize things? So I'll walk you through three different scenarios, but I think it's a really cool tool. We're selling it for $300, but it's on sale right now for $27. So if you go to lazywealthplanner.com, you will get to see that there. So yeah, I hope you check that out and you think it's cool because I think it's cool. So anyway... We're in the middle of a launch today and it's been great getting that up and running because I've been wanting to do a lower ticket item for people to, you know, get an introduction into the community because I've been working so hard on this. I think today with it being launched, I'm just like, okay, I want to take a break. I don't want to do anything today. So that's kind of been where I'm at other than of course, recording this podcast episode. So that's my life right now. And what was I going to say? So that's kind of what we got going on in Clover's world. And beyond that, let's get to our money tip of the week. So we often talk about 
stocks on here. We talk about index funds. We talk about building wealth, but we are often not talking about the other side of the equation, which is bonds. And bonds can be a really great tool for wealth preservation. Now, a lot of us may have seen the yields and returns of bonds going up and up because of federal interest rates going up. Bond returns are also going up. And so some of us might be thinking, well, should I have some bonds inside of my portfolio? And the answer is always, it depends. So first, let's kind of define in layman's terms, what is a bond? So a bond, which you can purchase a bond inside of an ETF or a mutual fund, just like you can purchase a stock inside of an ETF or a mutual fund. But essentially, a bond is unlike with stocks where you own a portion of a company when you purchase a share of a stock. With bonds, you're essentially lending money to a company or a government entity or a municipality. Because of that, just like how when we take out a mortgage or we take out a loan, we have to pay an interest rate, a set interest rate, unless it's variable. Well, it's the same deal with bonds. When you're loaning money to a company or to a government entity, they're going to pay you a set interest rate over a set period of time to essentially pay back that loan. And by the time you're paid off at that maturity date, you get back that set amount of interest rate or that total interest rate, as well as any like capital gains, et cetera. So unlike stocks, which stocks you just buy. There's no like period of time where you're supposed to be holding on to a stock. With bonds, there's usually a length of time in which you want to hold on to that bond in order for you to get the full amount of income from it. Because if you, for example... Let's say you buy a 10-year bond and you end, like you sell the bond after five years. Well, you just missed out on five years of interest that you should have been paid along the way because you sold early. So your yield is not going to be as great as what your yield would have been had you stay and stayed invested in that bond. So with bonds, we often will look, see short-term bonds, mid-term bonds, and long-term bonds. And the nice thing again is if we're talking about being lazy with it, we're probably not going to be out there picking individual bonds. Picking individual bonds is probably as arduous as picking individual stocks. You're not going to have as much risk necessarily because on the scale of like risk and return, bonds are pretty low. On this, It's like low risk, low returns. Granted, the returns are a little bit higher right now with interest rates being a little bit higher. But the idea behind them is that they're really to help you preserve your wealth and help it grow a little bit more than what you would see inside of like a bank account, even potentially a high yield savings account. So that's kind of in a nutshell what a bond is. But most of the time when we're talking about bonds, the way I see people investing in bonds, it's not picking individual bonds. You're picking bond funds or bond mutual funds. So either an ETF or a mutual fund. Keep in mind, when we talk about funds, we're talking about like the difference of you buying a chocolate, a single chocolate bar which is like buying an individual stock or buying an individual bond or buying a box of chocolates, a bag of chocolates. So keep that like kind of image in mind when we're talking about a single bond, an individual bond or an individual stock, you're buying one thing. When we're buying a fund, we're buying a bag of chocolates. We're buying a bunch of different bonds inside of it. And that can be in the form of an exchange traded fund, aka an ETF or in a mutual fund as well, which could be an index bond fund too. So bonds, for me, I have not been investing in bonds like almost at all. 
In fact, I think I have no bonds in my portfolio right now. But that's because bonds, in my view, are more for people who are focused on generating income where they want to get paid that set amount of interest rate over a set period of time. Or it's for people who are looking at preserving a portion of their wealth. I am in the wealth accumulation stage. I don't have a lot of wealth for me to preserve. Like, sure, yes, my net worth is almost $300,000 these days. Is that wealth that I want to preserve? Yes, but more important than preserving it, I'm focused on growing it because I'm not planning on retiring for 20 to 30 years. So when we're thinking about bonds, a lot of us who are in our early 20s or who are even in our early 30s, we're probably not going to have a huge amount of bonds inside of our portfolio. But people are getting a lot more tempted with going into bonds right now because the interest rates are a lot higher. Last year in 2022, we saw a lot of volatility even within the bond market. So often people think bonds are like a surefire thing to not lose money. But even the fund BND was down, which is like a total US bond fund, which has a ton. I think it has thousands of different bonds inside of it from the US. That bond fund was down 10% last year. And so it's not really something that we're using in the short term when it comes to bonds. We're still probably, if we're saving for a house that we want to purchase in the next one to two years, we're probably not going to be using bonds because bonds will still face some volatility in the short term, depending on what's doing with the economy overall. But essentially, what you want to do when you are purchasing bonds for something that maybe you have a goal, maybe you want to buy a home in the next five years, well, then you would be looking at, okay, can I find a bond fund or individual bonds that are aligned with the same maturity date that I'm going to need to access the money. Ideally, you want to keep that money inside of the bond just like you would, you know, the stock market for the set period of time that you're planning on. So let's say you have a five-year timeframe. Well, you're going to look for a bond fund that has a five-year maturity date or maybe even a three-year maturity date. Same deal with if we're looking at bonds for retirement. If you are not planning on retiring for 20 to 30 years, you're going to be looking at those long-term bond funds to align it with whenever you think you're going to want to access that money. So there are, in terms of bonds... Like I said, you can buy them in ETF form. You can buy them in mutual form. There are a bunch of different types of bonds as well. Like the bond market is complex. It's huge. That's why as a lazy investor, I really only focus on the funds. But you could buy corporate bonds where you're essentially loaning money to corporations. You could buy municipal bonds. And these are usually tax-free or tax-exempt, but where you are essentially funding local projects or projects in whatever area of the United States that you're investing in. And then beyond that, you also just have government government bonds. So bonds where you're essentially loaning money to the US government. Those bonds are going to be considered the safest bet when it comes to buying bonds. Corporate bonds are probably going to be the more on the more riskier side of things, especially because you can loan money to any type of company. And some companies are companies you do want to loan money to, and some companies are not at all a company that you want to be loaning money to, like companies that could potentially be going bankrupt. And in terms of risk, I would probably say most of the time you're looking at like the least risk is your treasury bonds, your government bonds, things that you're loaning money to the federal government. Whereas below that, probably municipal bonds, especially if you're buying them on like where you're buying a lot of them, you're not just focusing on one municipality and then corporate bonds along the way. So for the use of bonds, when we're looking at bond ETFs, you have a lot more liquidity with ETFs. So 
You can buy and sell bond funds all day long if you wanted to, especially if they were ETFs. With mutual funds with bond funds, you can only buy them once a day. And then when you're buying individual bonds, usually, like I said, you want to be buying and holding them on for whatever the term of the maturity is. Some bonds like I-bonds, you have to stay invested for a certain period of time. So just make sure that you understand the time frame when you're buying an individual bond. Again, that's why I like to just go with bond ETFs or mutual funds because we don't have nearly as many restrictions in that area. But I mean, that's the general thing about bonds. Now, some of you may be thinking like, well, if a bond is paying more in interest rate than my high yield savings account, should I be using bonds for my emergency fund? And generally, my answer is no. Your emergency fund needs to be as liquid as possible. You really don't want to be putting your emergency fund at risk for anything. Because remember, I just told you BND, one of the largest bond funds in the US, was down 10% last year. Are you willing to risk your emergency fund and risk it being down by 10% or more because the market's doing crazy stuff. Most of the time, probably not. I mean, 10% is not the end of the world. That's a good thing about bonds. But I mean, would you really want to lose 10% of your emergency fund? Personally, I would not. So we want to keep that liquid. That's why a high yield savings account or even a money market account is going to make more sense. But if you're like, I don't need this money for five plus years, and this is money that I'm willing to let it stay until the maturity date, then that's where bonds might make sense for you. The time where bonds make the most sense is when we start to move into our wealth preservation mode. Okay. So if you are in your 20s or you're in your 30s and you don't have plans to retire for 20 plus years, the likelihood that you're going to have a large portion of bonds inside your portfolio, even now with bonds doing as well as they're doing, likely you're probably not going to have a huge amount of bonds in your portfolio. Because if bonds are returning 5% and it's like a guaranteed return for a set period of time, but you could have been making 8, 10, 20% in the stock market, then you're probably not going to want to be cashing in on those bonds, even though that security, that risk-free return, and I say risk-free with air quotes, is tempting. We don't want to be exchanging our money for a lower interest rate than what we could have gotten in the stock market just because we're afraid of investing. So that's why really understanding your risk preference and your time horizon is incredibly important because you may feel very tempted to go into bonds because of the interest rates and the guarantees that they're giving right now. But that might not be the best move. Just like a lot of people shouldn't be hoarding money into a high yield savings account just because the guarantee return of 5% until it or 4 4% until it changes, we need to be investing that money. We need to be taking advantage of time. We need to be taking advantage of how the stock market moves. But a lot of folks are afraid, so instead they will focus on those lower risk opportunities for a much lower return over the long term. So I hope that helps. If you are, I think the scenarios where bonds make the most sense for people is people who have a specific time frame or they are saving for a specific thing and they have found a bond fund that is going to align with that time frame for them. It's for people who are nearing retirement and who are looking for wealth preservation tools where they're going to be, you know, still earning something, but they'll get some income from the interest rates that they're earning as well as any capital gains within the bonds. That's pretty much it. I think that's like the main people. And like, as we're preparing for retirement, your transition from stocks into bonds is probably going to slowly start in your 40s. So if you're planning on retiring in your late 60s, you're going to slowly start transitioning some of your money from full-on stocks to some bonds to start kind of weathering the storm of volatility as we approach retirement. So 
I feel like that's the basics of what you need to know. But if you guys like hearing more information on bonds, we can certainly do more on bonds, but you'll hear the word coupon. I feel like that's the only thing that I left out. Coupon is essentially like the interest rate that the bond is paying. Okay. So like if the coupon return is 2%, then the bond fund is returning. The yield of the bond is 2%. So cool. I hope that helps you all. And if you are listening and you're like, I want to learn more, I highly recommend coming to our lazy investing class and you can learn more at lazyinvestingclass.com. I'll let you guys go and I'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Money Bear Podcast. If you've made it this far, do us a favor, take two seconds, rate, review, and subscribe. It seriously means the world to me. And if you just take a sec to do that, I will appreciate you endlessly. And if you do, let me know on Instagram and I'll thank you personally. So got that. And of course, since we were talking about anything financial on this show, please note that nothing on this show is intended as financial advice. I don't know you, unfortunately. And because of that, I cannot tell you what to do with your money. You've got to work with a financial professional who knows your situation, who is preferably a fiduciary. And keep in mind that everything that we talk about on this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It's all my opinion. So there's that. If you want to see our full terms and conditions, head on over to the show notes. And while you're there, we've got free resources for you to get started on your money journey down in the show notes as well, including a free guide to help you with your budgeting templates and budgeting tutorials and investing 101, understanding the different accounts that are out there. All that good stuff is inside of my free guide, which is also available at thelazyinvestorscourse.com slash guide. So if you're ready to take our relationship to the next level, I am also hosting a monthly investing class. And that investing class, you can find the times we're offering it this month at thelazyinvestorscourse.com slash webinar. That link is in the show notes as well. And that's where you have the chance to meet me live and ask those money questions live. It's a good time. We've had over 20,000 people as of recording this join or register. And uh, yeah, it's always nice to meet you guys. So I hope to see you there again. All that is available down in the show notes. So thank you again for coming and listening. I appreciate you and I'll see you next week.